Sorry, y'all. People over paper episode two. You know who it is. Patrick Field, C. Kelly, J. Hall. And that's all I got for her introduction, y'all. Pat, Caleb, we're all in the same state now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Back like old times, huh? Man. Yeah. And you didn't tell anybody, Pat. You just showed up. Just so y'all, y'all know me. I show up unannounced. That's the type yep. of guy I am. But after Christmas, oh no, nah, CK, you're gonna be at the ball game. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get leave. together. I mean, how long you here? Like through the new year to or something? To, yeah, see, I'll be nah, back on I'm the thirty. New Orleans for New Year's. Yeah, I'm going. Oh. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We can hey, do something hey. this weekend. God this will weekend? provide. I leave tomorrow. This weekend? I go home tomorrow. Two times to the sky? That's humble? That's humble. Oh, no. Okay. Jay Hall's going to North Carolina. I mean, y'all oh. can hang out, though. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, not, I live here. I ain't going to Cali, so. Pat, yeah, well, if you actually we'll do meet up with Caleb, I'm going to be jealous because I haven't seen this dude in like two months. Yeah, so I went up there to the school, FaceTime CK, and he's at home. I had just left. Listen, it's it's been the slowest two weeks because all the coaches are on the road. I'm just all I'm doing right now is resumes with the guys. So yep. it's, it's 2022. I know how to zoom. Share your screen, pimp. Let's get this resume right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Let's get this resume right. <laughs> we ain't got no meeting. I'm gone. <laughs> hey, what what's like what's like the biggest thing you do with the with the kids up there? At OU micro for, for internships. All, for for all our listeners who don't know, Caleb is well, share your title because I don't even know your. Yeah, I'm the title. director of career and professional development for University of Oklahoma football team. Spicy, mm. you like that? Yeah, sound good. But Spicy. uh, yeah, the main thing that I do is uh within career and professional development, make sure guys have their resume and their interview skills done, their resume ready to hand out, and then the main event that I got going on throughout. The year we have career fairs, we have different meet and greets with companies, networking events, but the main event is called micro internships. Now, what a micro internship is, is a week long internship opposed to the month to three months that most regular students get to do. But at the University of Oklahoma, you only get two weeks off in the summertime. And we're asking you to give up one of those weeks to go to a micro internship or go to a service trip. Now, a service trip this year is to South Africa, but you have to be a sole mission ambassador to do that. So you have to be a returning player who has there then gone and gave an application to the sole mission directors. There's four of us and actually five, including Ms. Zuleika Lossman. She's the director of operations. Four of us men, though, that have played football and, you know, have a pass at the University of Oklahoma. And our senior director yeah. went to Kansas State where that's where he met up with Brent Venables. Now back to micro mm-hmm. internships, this week long internship. Usually is shadow, but we also have the option to make sure that these guys are are reporting back to their uh, superiors, whether that be through uh, a written paper, through a presentation or just a kind of a recap, a recap meeting with CEOs that they've been shadowing all the different managers and different C-suite members that they've been with. This opportunity is so important because uh, because as as football players, we don't know what we want to do after football. Every single football player wants right. to say that they are going to the league. There is no plan yeah. B. Well, let's wake up because if you go 15 years in, a, in the league, you're not 40 by the time you're done. So you're going to have to work. You're going to have to manage your money or you'll be part of that 97% that goes bankrupt anyways. 
So with this micro internship, they get an opportunity to either go in and say, wow, I love this. I want to do this for the rest of my life or check that box off while they have the security to come back and go back to school and have that sooners on their chest. I'm opening the doors for these men left and right. I just want to give them an opportunity. They get that opportunity. They go ahead. They they uh, represent the University of Oklahoma the way I've been teaching them, the way that they, that the coaches have been instilling in them. And they can go become the Pat Fields, the Jeremiah Halls, the Caleb Kellys of the world to get multiple degrees, to go out, start private equity fund, hedge funds and join private equity uh, uh, businesses, become millionaires by the time they're 30 and, and just pass down that knowledge to the youth. That's what I want to do. That's my job. That's what I'm passionate about. And that's what this micro internship program is all about. And as a soul mission, man, you, when you do the, the common things in life in an uncommon way, go into an yeah. internship for a week, but you turn it yeah. into something that gets you yeah. ready for life. Yeah. <laughs> You'll demand the attention of the world, my brothers. And that's why we're here today. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we just end the episode right there. <laughs> well, Patrick, who is he mad at? You know, I think CK's had a lot of. He, he's trying to figure out how to express himself without football. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think I think this podcast just gives him a platform to just let it loose. Honestly, I'm what? Honestly, yeah. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> I'm hyper okay. every time I get to talk to my brothers. I miss y'all, and yeah. uh, man, I'm telling you, if if kids, young young kids white, black, Asian, Mexican, everything in between and all around can look up to somebody. It's y'all two brothers, man. And that's what I want to do with these guys coming into these micro internships, coming into yeah. University of Oklahoma. I want to set them up to be like y'all two. Man, J-Hall, man, every, every day you doing something. Every day you send a message out to somebody. Pat, you are Mr. International as long <laughs> as well as Mr. Tulsa. Mr. 918, Every, if you don't know, he's got the chain to show it. I'm telling you, man, these are two of the smartest. <laughs> all the series, no, no, these are two of the smartest guys that I've ever met, and they're younger than me, and I got a, little, a lot of respect for them. And if I could get 50 Jeremiah Halls on offense and 50 Patrick Fields on defense, the University of Oklahoma would be really good because it'd be hey, a bro. lot of dudes handling business. You don't have to convince me. I know you're hard at work and I love you to death for it. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know that was in question. Yo, I, yo, CK, CK, I think, I think you're starting to pick up like an Oklahoma accent though. Jay Hall, yeah. you, you hearing that or is that, or is that just me? Like he's becoming an Oklahoman. He's becoming a dad. He's becoming a coach. Oh, I'm a dad. Bro. Oh, my pockets tell me I'm a dad. I'll tell you what, if if all the love that you, nobody can see, I got numbers to prove it. You know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. This boy, I, we in the room right now with all the Christmas presents. I know I'm a dad. I tell you that much. Shoot. Yeah. It's been a, it's, it's going to be a big Christmas? Oh, is it? We got two consoles coming. So Sweet ain't oh, going to watch two? this. PS5 and the Nintendo Switch. Do I have the money for it? Yes, because I budgeted. I budgeted. I'm a budgeter. Do I somewhat regret using the budget money for that? A little bit. But if it lights his face up, it's worth it to me. But anyways, man, I'm done talking about me, man. Can we talk about y'all? Can we talk? Can we specifically talk about Patrick Andrew Fields? Mr. Tulsa, who are you? What yeah. where where you come from? Yes, Tulsa. Yes, 918. Yes, we know. But what made you the man you are today? Oh, oh, man. Pat, before you answer that, just so 
the fans should know, or the listeners. I shouldn't say fans anymore. We are no longer on the field. Uh, this episode doesn't really have um, a title, I guess. Uh, yeah, we don't really have structure for the first two official episodes. Um, more on that a little bit later. But y'all just y'all stick with us, Pat. Um, do you have a, an answer to to Caleb's question? You know, Caleb. He talked a lot on the last podcast, and it was fun. Right, right, right. But let's let's talk about you a little bit, Pat. Let's 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 not talk about the daddy issues in the presence anymore. Or man. matter of fact, we'll circle back. Go ahead, Pat. So okay, first off, I'm gonna start off man of God. That's kind of you know a cliche thing, but I think I really try to view everything in life through a biblical lens in terms of asking what would Jesus do? What would Jesus stance be on this particular issue? How would Jesus go about expressing love, grace, mercy, care, whatever it is in this manner? And I think because yeah. I, I try my best to look at things through through that lens, it's kind of naturally I found myself having a big heart for, you know, community service, specifically my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and just, you know, through some of that, some of the people that God, you know, divinely put in my life to, to mold me, mentor me and, and direct me on a path. You know, I've been afforded many opportunities to come back here, do a lot of work, whether that's through uh, educational front and in the, you know, around financial literacy, helping guys navigate the process of how to apply to colleges, what resources are out there uh, from a financial standpoint, scholarships wise, grants. And then, you know, also through an athletic standpoint, you know, what it takes to go to the next level. And then, you know, whenever people do get to the next level, how do we use the next level to, to work for us and get us to the next level in life? Meaning how do we use this scholarship or this opportunity to, to you know, create generational wealth, create education, create and I think the biggest thing is, you know, change the dynamic of your family. It's one thing to to have, you know, an abundance of money thrown at you initially through a sign of bonus or through your year. But also but the most important thing is, like, how do we change the culture in our family in the sense of, OK, how do we prioritize education? How do we create more engineers, doctors, lawyers, attorneys, whatever the case is? Because, you know, if you if you give a poor man money who who has a poor mind and doesn't have the human capital to mm -hmm. generate wealth from the money, then you'll you'll quickly find that that resource hit, that resources uh has been used up. And I think the biggest thing is we're trying to trying to mentor people to and right. give them, you know, the human capital to generate wealth, to create something for themselves, change the dynamics in their family and, you know, just live a more fruitful and abundant life. And I think the most important thing is doing that through the word of God, doing that through, you know, a Christian worldview um, and, and, you know, making sure God people understand to put God first and, uh, you know, all those things from a biblical standpoint. So, and so when me, you talk about, when you talk about that, uh, Biblical standpoint, look, y'all right. didn't know I was coming ready. Look, I'm ready. Right, ready. right, right, right. But when you talk about that biblical standpoint, you know, I saw you before you were reading the Bible every single day. I saw you before you had this biblical perspective that you live right. by every single day. So for listeners, how do you get to that point? Because once you unlock it, same thing with the poor man mindset. Once you unlock that biblical view, it becomes habit and it becomes repetition. But how? what are the processes? Because you're a big process guy. You're a big step-by-step -step right. guy. W what did you do to get to the point where you're reading every day, to get to the point where you had that view? I mean, I think first off, 
always you gotta pay honor and respect to the people who molded you. And I think obviously my mom taking me to church at an early age, um, even though that fell off kind of whenever I got to middle school and high school, she kind of planted those seeds in me early. And I think I've always just been an inquisitive person, gone out to and seek knowledge on my own. I never liked just arriving at things because that's the way they've been done or that's what I've been told to do. So I, obviously my mom and the impact she's had on me, you know, FCA in high school. And then whenever I got to OU, like seeing the, I remember Caleb, you know, he took me to Waffle House. I think I graduated early. It was like in the spring, you took me to Waffle House, like after I think a, a Saturday workout or something like that. And it had always just hit home with me. Cause like that's back when, you know, before the injury, you know, after whenever you was a man on campus, you know what I mean? Long hair, five star, you know, projected to go three and out everything that I think that meant a lot to me. So God putting those people in my life and and them being Christians and kind of, uh, you know, them rubbing off on me, I think helped out a lot. But I think the biggest thing in terms of how I've advanced and, and my understanding is I got like a study Bible by John MacArthur mm -hmm. and it kind of just breaks down the text. It's like, okay, this is what Jewish cultural norms was at the time. This is, this is what the significance of this particular thing. And I, and I really just treated the Bible as if it was um, like an accounting class. So I just broke stuff down and say, okay, I'm gonna really study this. And I think a lot of times uh, in my life, at least I've gone, I've tried to treat God like a convenience, you know, go to him whenever things are bad, go to mm -hmm. him whenever things are good, maybe, and just do things at my time as opposed to making it uncomfortable. And then because football teaches us so many lessons, I just view, you know, the Bible is the same way I view football. It's like, okay, I'm going to go into my workout at 6 a.m. when I don't feel like it, whenever I'm sore, I'm going to go through, break through the soreness whenever I'm squatting and, and go hard. And it's like the same thing with the Bible. You know, whenever I don't feel like it, whenever, God, I, I don't understand what you're, what this position I'm currently in in life, it was kind of just treating it the same way as football. You know, you you stick to the process. And, and you know, Coach V always says, you know, to do – to do un common things in an uncommon way. And I think just a lot of those quotes that we've been thrown, that's been thrown at us in football, just applying that same thing to the Bible and, you know, me studying it in my faith. Mm. I think that's an interesting point of view. You looking at the Bible, like you look at accounting. That's something I've never heard before. Never right. heard of that one. Never. That, that, only in the sense, sense of studying. Only yeah. in the sense of studying. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying, but the, the comparison was powerful different and same yeah. with the with the fatigue of reading the bible because when you read in there and you got mephibosheth and and jehoshaphat and all these different names right. i'm in second samuel right now reading like i'm like i sound stupid and i read it out loud because you know if you if you hear the word and you read the word that's two different avenues that the lord is getting to you so even though you and right. then you're speaking it so it's like three different ways. That's how I always look at reading the Bible. If I read out loud, now I'm speaking the word, I'm hearing the word, and I'm reading the word. And so that fatigue can set in. <laughs> you can right. look at it and you're like, I've said this same random name 50 times. Like, yeah. I sound stupid. <laughs> I will and say, I think in a box. I was, was going to say that it's hard to read the Old Testament specifically. Yeah. yeah. Like second Samuel, and I think, Samuel, all that. Like in the Bible, it, it always... A lot of times, and I think through through having a study Bible is really it's really helped put me put me on game or help me have a deeper understanding of things. But a lot of times in the Bible it talks with the assumption for us to expect adversity as Christians to for us to expect trials, tribulations. And I think sometimes we maybe apply that in the sense of 
whenever big things happen in our life, like, dang, this is a trial or whatever. But no, it's really the little things. And I think in football, we're always harping on the details, like the details of foot behind the line, like cleaning up your locker, making sure the OU sign is up. And I think and us have expecting that adversity in the sense of doing things whenever we don't want to stay on top of the details. It's kind of like the approach that I, I've been taking to the Bible, because then it makes it more of a process standpoint in the sense of everyday behavior, habitual behavior. And it's like, okay, how do I apply this word whenever, you know, I'm talking to people, I'm trying to be funny, but a cuss word may slip out, but I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't cuss or, you know, just small things like that in, in my, my day-to-day life. I think that's what I've really been trying to, you know, focus on it. And, and I think the, the, the biggest thing is we got to expect adversity with, trying to live Christ-like and trying to live a righteous life um, because it's going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. It's going to be countercultural, but, you know, we got to keep on fighting. Mm. I also heard this, though, on the the cuss words and on sin in general. Sin, the way you know you've sinned, is really relevant to the feeling of guilt. And so there are a lot of cuss words in the Bible. And so if you don't have the guilt when you say a cuss word, then maybe you haven't sinned. And so with how much you've been in there, because listen, listen, I mean, think about all the words in the Bible. I mean, the the F word is in the Bible or in translation. Wait, is that one in there? I know ass is in the Bible because they're talking about donkey. F word is not in the Bible. I'm wrong on that one. Shit is in the Bible, though. So ass and shit are both in the Bible. And F, the F word is a, is a man-made word. Like, it, like it's really a, U, a U.S. word. Like they, ain't, like, they might use it in London or in the U.K., but it's like an English word. Like, I may think not what Pat was getting at was, like, just in terms of, like, the small things. Not necessarily. The no, yeah, words. yeah. No, definitely. Right. I'm, this is a tangent on what he's saying. I'm not okay. questioning. I'm saying, like, on – on uh, this is just something that I had seen the other day that I want to know what your opinion is because – Nah, I, I don't know about that one, CK. Big bro, I don't know about that I'm one. asking because but, but I, I'll say I'll say this as well, though. I don't I don't know about that, and and – I wouldn't take I would have to look deeper into that before I would immediately strike it down as no, but I would make the assumption that it's no. But outside of that, in Galatians, um, it talks about us as Christians not doing things that are stumbling stumbling blocks to other Christians. So I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. 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 So so Jay Hall, he probably he probably gonna touch on it more, but I think the biggest thing is as Christians, even if we know something because like and, and putting it in the context of, of what they were talking about in Galatians, they were talking about the dietary restrictions that were still under the Mosaic law, but mm-hmm. obviously we're under the new covenant and the, the Mosaic law doesn't apply to us anymore. But if it's a stumbling block to Christians who are trying to advance and, and grow more spiritually mature and whatnot, if us, if us not, if us eating, you know, pork or whatever is a stumbling block to them, then as Christians in our love and grace and out of our heart, we should not engage in that behavior because it could be a stumbling block to them. Right. Yeah. And I think we have to look at things from that perspective as well. But Jay Hall, go ahead go ahead yeah. and, and say your piece on I, it. I, w- I was going to say the same thing, Pat. Um, Paul writes, I can't remember which book it was. It might've been Galatians, but Paul talks about how, um, or matter of fact, I can't remember where it is specifically at all, but to piggyback off of what Pat said, it says, do not 
hinder other Christians journeys like God has no favorites. Therefore, no journey needs to be exact. Like if like you said, Pat, if once somebody wants to eat pork and that's what they've given up and they believe that that's their path, as long as their heart is good, as, as long as their 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 love is and passion is for for Jesus Christ. And that's all that matters. You know, we're all going to be at different levels. Like no three of us is at the same level. You know, Pat, Definitely. Caleb, you, you, you guys talked about uh, when Pat started reading the Bible and how you knew him before and after, you know, I. I, during college, did not read the Bible, but I tried to be a good person. I tried to listen during FCA. Um, whenever I needed to go speak, I made sure to research and, and know what I was talking about beforehand. But I really didn't start reading the Bible until this year. You know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to read the whole thing. And then on August 16th, the day I, the day I got cut, that's when I completely gave in. You know, Caleb, you asked Pat earlier on mm-hmm. and in, in the podcast, like, how do you go about reading the Bible? Pat said that he uses plans and uh, he pr- approaches it as studying. Well, well, for me, I approach it now is that like when when I got cut, like the world felt so small to me, I couldn't see anything outside of pain, outside of mm. lots of just emptiness and the one thing i fell back on i just said lord help me like i just i don't i don't know what else i have and because of that is what led me to just reading my bible every single day because i'm just like yo like when i didn't have anything even even when i had everything he was still there and it's only right for me to finally grow up and be like yo like this is the answer regardless of how much money i have regardless of where i'm at in life this this is the answer, and if I don't put this first, then everything else is for nothing. Yeah, and it's, uh, so that it's about those seeds that mm-hmm. uh, Pat was saying. Like, you lay that little seed here, you lay that little seed there, and you might not open the Bible for a minute, you might not go to church for a minute, you might not pray for a minute, but that seed has already been planted in you, even a little bit, and inherently, then at that point, the Holy Spirit guides your subconscious, guides your mind, making sure that you're making these good decisions, helping you know that right versus that wrong. But it's powerful. It's definitely powerful. And I think that's like the beautiful thing about the Bible is like you see through so many different accounts, like God using the unworthy or like the unworthy or or the people who are looked lowly upon or whatever the case is. And you see the transformation process that, that, you know, God does in their, in their, uh, in their life and in their heart, you know, turning them to a life of righteousness. And I think that's like truly the amazing part, because whenever I look back on stuff and, and, um, you know, think about where I was as a person, you know, what I, and obviously, you know, we, we talk, we were never like that bad of people, but, on God's moral standard, like, no, we were actually were bad. Even the mm-hmm. sense of just, you know, cussing every day, the stuff that we glorified, you know, even like some of the music that, you know, we listen to, we rap out loud and stuff like that. And you see God, God's transformation process in your life and like turning you towards a, right, a life of righteousness so much so that you don't even want the things that you used to want anymore. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes people ask you like, why don't you do this? Or like, why don't you listen to music, this music anymore? It's like, I'm not even entertained by it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm trying to live and, and promote and glorify the word of God. Um, 
and anything that doesn't align with that, you know, I'm trying to weed out of my life. Um, yeah. So I think that's the beautiful part that, you know, in the power of the gospel. Picking back and off the music thing, I haven't been on the music scene as much over the past few months as I used to be. And sometimes nowadays I'll put my I'll put my playlist on like shuffle or whatever. And there'll be songs on there that I used to like just turn up now. And I'm just like, and eh, next song, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's not that I don't like the song anymore. It's just like, eh, like, all right. Like That's why I be singing country all the time. You know, I feel you, bro. Little accent, you know. I feel you. I'm through and through now, but that hand wrapped up in my, you know, <laughs> what I mean? I'm trying to trying to have Larson, you know, hand wrapped up in mine. You know, I can't be over there talking about getting money, da, 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 like you know, yeah. what I mean, like different. You know that that YG no, song. If you that. don't know the YG song, don't even look it up. It's not good for you, <laughs> but, man. I think. To that point, man, because we we going hard right now on the Bible stuff, which is good. But there was something uh, my pastor he had broke down. And it was kind of talking about the light, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the ears, um, and all that, and kind of just break it down like how things penetrate your heart. And like a lot of time, you know, things may start, you know, as the lust of the ears, you know, something that you hear through music, through words, through verbiage, whatever the case is, and then it goes into and penetrates your heart, and then it begins to have. Um, impact on your decision making, the way you do things, the way you look at things and perceive things. And like a lot of times, you know, you got to control your eyes because especially this day and age on Instagram, you can go on Instagram and shucks, you know, it, it's, it's some ones out there, you know what I mean? But uh, you got, you got to control, you got to control your eyes and safeguard your heart. And I think that's the biggest thing the Bible always hits on is safeguarding your heart, not putting yourself in a position where you're susceptible or vulnerable to, the enticements of sin, and I think nowadays it's harder than ever. Harder than ever, because so it's so it's so much stuff out there. As soon as you, as soon as you turn on your phone or whatever, yeah. even just walking down, even going to the gym, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I'm saying. But yeah, you, you know what I say. Reading my Bible has made me, bro. It's it's made me skeptic of anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I I don't mean scared. Now, best believe, Jay Hall ain't scared. Hello, uh, but I. I rarely or I, I don't want to say rarely, but if you're not on the same path as me, like if you're not in your Bible and if you're not like like constantly pursuing greatness in all areas of life, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, then I, I'm going to listen to you. And rarely I, I, might, I may not say much, but I'm going to do a lot more listening than I am suggesting or accepting of advice, because even when I go to church now, like. I'm I'm listening way more now because now I have the tools. Now I have the 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 foundation. We we should make that an episode, a firm foundation. Now now yeah, I have Yeah, now 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 I got the truth. You know, you know they say in order to not repeat history, yeah, in order to not repeat the same things, you got to study history or like what what's the saying? I think no, you know something like that. It sound right. <laughs> yeah, in order for learn history from your not to mistakes, repeat, so. basically. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, bro, I see all all these mistakes, specifically in the Old Testament, that people have made, and I'm just like, yo, like they had everything, like kings, like you go through all of kings, bro. Like God gave them everything, and they still messed it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, I want this. And I, and I want that for myself, but 
at the end of the day, you got to know that that that's not the answer. So that's why I'm so skeptic of everything that I take in now, because it's like, well, well, I don't know if they're thinking like how, how I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't know if I should be all in on what they have to say. Now, y'all, y'all, I know y'all are on like a similar journey as me. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna listen right. to my brothers. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's just like and that's football, what, like, and that's what I uh, I was saying about reading out loud because those same mm-hmm. things, lust of the eyes, lust of the ears, lust of the mouth. You combat that by reading out loud, by reading the Bible, and it because the power of the tongue, it has the power of good and evil. That verse, and and so that's the way that I personally I combat that because I go and I'm like I'm gonna read out loud so I get all three because we get all three. In a negative way, that's those those are ways that it affects our subconscious, and so that's funny that like you would think of it as that way, Pat. Mm-hmm. Y'all use highlighters and everything and notes. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I be going hard now, dude. Yeah, now yeah, no, I'm reading do. all the way through, and then I'm going back and highlighting everything. You know, the crazy thing is, is like what you'll realize through reading the Bible, because like a lot of times, you know, people will say the Bible is like outdated or it doesn't apply to today's day. But it's like no, no sin, no sin is new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like every single sin or like social or cultural thing that we battle with today, um, that's, you know, out in the media and out in politics, like it's literally stories and accounts of it in the Bible. Everything. Well, I mean, let, well, let's not get into that because I don't, I don't, I don't need the whole <laughs> political thing. But like every 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 sin on the Bible, you know, you see multiple accounts through it, whether that's through the Old Testament or through the New Testament. And even, you know, uh, whenever creating the, the, the new churches, you know, beginning in Acts, like you see churches that struggle with these particular issues. And then, you know, whether it's Paul, Timothy, whoever the case is, comes through, writes a letter to the church addressing those issues and how to combat them and overcome them like no no uh, sin is new. And I think mm-hmm. the more that we dive in deeper into the world, like the, the greater understanding that we'll have and like the more we'll realize like we have a strong defense against, you know, the sin, the sins of the world and like the devil's schemes. And that that goes to, you know, um, Ephesians and putting on the full armor of God and like really break it down what that means and understanding what, what each piece of armor was intended to do. But yeah, yeah man. Hey, <laughs> preach, preach. Hey, brother. <laughs> I I will say this, though, about reading in general, because the Bible is not necessarily an easy read. Reading the Bible has helped me read other material, whether it be like funds or finances, because like I'm like, man, like, you know, you you know how like a real Bible is, bro. There's like hundreds of words on one page, you know, maybe a thousand. And so at some point you got to grow up and say, I'm going to read this whole chapter through and through. And, you know, mm-hmm. you never know, like a, few, a chapter or two, maybe like eight pages, six pages, four pages, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, OK, like I'm going to push myself through the Bible. And then you get to something else, like something that, you know, you specialize in on a day to day pet. You know, your uh, P.E., me, Fonz, Caleb, whatever you do is it's like, oh, like this is an easy read. You know, then you start highlighting what you're what you're what you're doing, just like you are the Bible. And you're like. Man, I would have been a straight A student if I did this back in school, you know, like, yeah, because because you read the Bible knowing that it'll benefit you in some yeah. way or form. Right. And then you start looking at other things like that, like lifestyle books or finance books or books on kids. I don't know. Some dad <laughs> he's, so, oh. he's so shocked that I have a kid like he can't. Yeah, let bro, it go. Like, honestly, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm never okay. gonna let it go, man. Back to Pat, man. So then, 
you kind of, I feel like this whole discussion in general, the next question I was going to ask you was, so then what wakes you up every day? Cause you say, who's Pat man of God, person who serves, gives back to his community. Same way that Jesus said we're supposed to do. So what wakes you up every day? Is it that? Man, I think, I think it's kind of just, um, and hold on, my fault. Before I answer that, to J, to J Hall's point about the difficulty of the Bible, there's what I've done is I got a John MacArthur study Bible, and it kind of just breaks everything down the way the way I, w- I was talking about. That way, you kind of don't have to struggle through through reading, you know, Kings or things in the Old Testament that you may not understand. The John MacArthur study Bible is, is kind of like essentially a textbook for the Bible, like really breaking down, expositing and explaining everything. So that's been super, super foundational to, for me. Um, but in terms of like what wakes me up every single day, it's kind of just, and you know, I say this, but it's also con- me saying this is convicting at the same time. Like, you know, I wake up trying to glorify the Lord and like live for God. But also like, I also got to recognize I, I, ver- I fall short in that. Cause I wake up sometimes like trying to live for my own glory, trying to think about, okay, how can I make, how can I make a million? How can I make 10? How can I get to this next step in life? Um, and I think not that that's wrong, assuming that it, it, it aligns with God's will for myself. But I think every single day I really just try to wake up and like live for the glory of God. And that's like yeah. being in whatever position that he wants me to be. And I think sometimes we we kind of associate being a Christian with like being successful from a monetary standpoint. But that's not always the case. You know, like if God decides my role is to be, you know, a janitor or even this year for me at Stanford, you know, I was a football on the football team. Like I, I was a two time captain at OU my junior senior year. Had a big leadership role, but you know, I don't think God ordained for me to be that type of leader at Stanford. So it's kinda like accepting that, you know, placing my pride and ego to the side and being like just a supporter. Like helping the leaders uphold the culture, you know, suggesting this to them, like, hey, this is what I learned in my previous experience as a captain. This may be helpful to you. And I think Waking up with that approach, just glorify God in whatever position he puts me in, even if that doesn't align with what I want, what I want selfishly for myself, just really embracing that particular role at the time and just, you know, being present in that moment and and trying to maximize it. Yeah, I can definitely understand keeping your eye on what he has for you and not the materialistic things. You know, I didn't I didn't say this before we start recording, but I had a panic attack on Sunday for the first time ever. Like I had to Google it because it was just so new to me. And I and I think even what uh, yesterday I, I sent out a tweet. I was just like, yo, like y'all have any suggestions on overthinking? And um, what that's what caused my panic attack. You know, just for the past couple weeks, specifically for me, I was focusing on the materialistic things. I was focusing on the future. I was like thinking about an apartment and this and that. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to have the goals, but I did some reflection like in my journal. I told y'all before that I keep a daily journal and I noticed that my attitude towards my surroundings and my and my goals changed and it changed in the journal, too. And I went back. It, it's like studying, mm-hmm. studying film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm studying me and my, and my emotions trying to be a better me. And I went back and I'm just like, because at first I didn't want to admit it. Like at first yeah. I was just like, nah, like I'm good. Like I'm good. And I, I had to humble myself yeah. and I went back and I was just like, yo, like, 
man, so in order for me to to stay away from the panic attacks and, and not stress myself out for no reason, it's just waking up with that continuous attitude of like, I, I don't know what I got going, but I'm gonna give my best today through through his name. Right. You know, I, I don't know if uh if I'm gonna make this meal or if I'm gonna get this job, but I'm I'm gonna give it my best shot in his name. You know, get yeah. pat. Like I don't I don't know if I'm made to to be a captain for the for this year, but I'm gonna still go out there and ball. I'm gonna still go out there and encourage in his name. And I think that that's so important just for anybody, any human being, just to fully submit and, and not be so caught up in just the day to day. And I think that's hard for like young people. Honestly, yeah. I was thinking this morning in the shower, I'm like, I see why Jesus waited till he was 25 to start his ministry. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, like, you gotta demand that credibility, that respect. Bro, it's tough. Like I look, I wake up and I, and I say that and I talk to you guys about it now. And we may make it sound easy or make it sound less difficult than what it is. But I look back on myself two years ago and I'm like, bro, like, what were you doing? <laughs> Shoot, a year ago to about 10 months ago. Yeah, yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> every day you did. You bring up that point about pride, letting go of pride. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but. I'm I'm seeing four deadly sins. I looked it up, but the four deadly sins of the Bible. First one is pride. Second one is envy. Third one is gluttony. And the fourth one is sloth. Gluttony, just because I always forget what that is. That's lust, lust for self-indulgence. And then sloth is basically lazy, laziness. And so you look at those ones, man, the most common and I'm not going to get all the way into it because this is a whole conversation I want to have in another episode. But looking forward a little bit, man, pride. And I'd say envy is number one for me. Well, well pride in the the environment and community of college athletics, specifically a football locker room. Man, yeah, you get. You get shaped to have it, to have arrogance. You get shaped to have this ultimate glory for yourself and want for that self-indulgence, that gluttony. And in the locker room, man, it's crazy because we feed off that. You feed off it. You become that pride so much. And my first year out, this whole year out, man, that's been the hardest thing, I think, for me. What I told and I think that. Oh, I was going to say, Pat, what I told my mom the other day is that for so long, I've specialized in football. I haven't specialized in life. Mm. Like, I, I, I haven't had to maintain a, a connection with a family member that was struggling. Like, you know, like I maybe y'all have more than me, but for us, it was always, oh, I got to get back to football. Yeah. Like, no matter what was going on in our lives, like, it's, oh, I got to get back to football. Yep. Now it's like, I no longer ha- don't have the excuse of not seeing family or I no longer don't have, or I, I no longer have the excuse of not calling somebody mm-hmm. or checking in with somebody, you know, stuff like that. Because now I, I can't say like, oh, I'm busy. You know, I've built up habits that I'm trying to let go. And yeah. put that pride to the side. But what were you gonna say, Pat? 
Man, I I was gonna say uh, what you what you said just made me think about something else. But initially, I was gonna say there's a Bible verse. Um, dang, I forgot what what chapter it's from, but it says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Meaning, whenever we split our Proverbs. our focus between the work, yeah, probably Proverbs. Um, whenever we split our focus between you know the world and our own lusts and our own desires, and then trying to serve God, we end up unstable. Um, and I think, you know, maybe for you, Jay Hall, whenever you had the panic attack, not trying to get too much into what you were specifically going through, but maybe it was you splitting between, okay, I'm trying to honor, glorify God, but also I want this for myself. Like I want the million dollars. I want the house. I want the yeah. cool apartment, a nice car. And then, you know, it ends in us in, in whatever type of array. So I think that's what I was going to say to that point. And I think, man, the dope thing about football is it taught us how to perform. Like, despite whatever it is we're going through. But the bad thing is about football is it taught us to perform despite whatever it is we're going through. And it's it's a double-edged sword because, mm-hmm. you know, I remember for myself, man, I had one of my cousins die and, and, and fall camp. It's like I didn't even go to the funeral because, you know, it was like fall camp. We was in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's it, it's crazy because it's a double-edged sword. It's very, very, it's very, very beneficial, but it also can be like very, very detrimental. Um, to you, your family, your relationships, and kind of the intangible things that we value. If you don't know how to balance that that monster, it's a skill. Think, it's a skill to yeah. turn that emotion off, but it's an unhealthy skill, right? And I think it, it's very much needed sometimes because I think in the military, sometimes you do, in the military because it's life or death. You have to be able to just like it's it's perform at all costs mm-hmm. because it's life or death. But then you you have to be able to go home and, and the same way you separate your at home from work, you have to be able to go home and separate your work from being at home. And I think yeah. for a lot of us, we got to relearn and reteach ourselves how to do things like that. Because like, I'll be talking to my, my girl or my mom or something sometimes. And it's like, you know, we just know how to perform. So it's like if you got to lose weight, for example, it's like you just do it. Like yeah. this is what you do. You got to wake up this morning. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to change your diet, whatever the case is. And I don't have that sympathy and empathy I need but to have. Like, I don't need family. solutions. I need you yeah. to listen. <laughs> right. So I think that that's part of, you know, the growth that we got to go through, you know, right now in terms of like, you know, l- detaching ourselves from football in that ultra yeah. competitive and performing environment. No, I, I feel that in terms of like the relationships, right? Because I was just talking to a friend of mine. She was going through something. And, you know, me, Captain Jay Hall, like football, like this is what you got to do. We got to fix it. We got to talk about it. Like you can, it don't happen if we don't talk about it. And she didn't want to talk about it. And I was just like, why don't you want to talk about it? And I got left on red and that threw me way off, bro. I'm like, things don't get fixed if if you don't like acknowledge it, like head on, you know, and that's how we think. I'm going to teach y'all something right now. People don't, not everybody (laughs) thinks like that, bro. And I had to break myself down to realize like, Dang, like this is how I'm programmed. Bro. And I think that, that was like part of the reasons for the panic attack too, because I'm just like just don't feel so much up. But what are you about to say, Caleb? Don't feel that worse. But I, I'm teaching you something right now. Until it's your problem, that ain't your problem, dog. Like your girl 
Like, in, for instance, Larsa cuts hair. She owns her own salon. She cuts hair for a living. So people come in. That's their therapy. They go in, get their hair, tell, spill all their drama and everything to her. Yeah. So like when Larsa has drama, she wants to spill it to somebody. Yeah. So it can be anything. If Larson got something going on, I acknowledge it. That's it. Until she asks me a question or until she tells me. So Larson will come up to me. She or like, for instance, today, Larson said, I got a headache so bad. And I said, I'm sorry. That sucks. That's it. <laughs> she, she, she went and laid down. She went and laid down. And she took a little like 15 minute nap all on her own because she's a grown woman. So she knows what she needs. Like we want to fix everything. These are grown adults. They know how to take care of themselves, live with themselves longer than we have. She went and took a 15 minute nap, got up, got ready, went to work. Boom. No drama for me. I'm not I'm not a punk who or a hole who did too much. Did I listened. I acknowledged that there's something going on. I agreed that that is a bad thing. And I allowed her to fix her own situation. Sometimes in life, dog, if there's anything I teach you in relationships, <laughs> acknowledge, agree, even if you disagree, just agree <laughs> for that second. Yeah. Before you even take consideration, just automatically make it so you agree. And then wait for what happens next. I'm taking notes because I'm I, telling you, you're gonna save yourself a lot of like a lot of I'm taking bad notes. looks. A lot of leave yourself on read like, on red. Like I'm taking she would have got the she would have got left on red for me. Like I'm sorry, that sucks. Like that's what else I'm supposed to do. Like you want me to fix it? Like tell me that. <laughs> you know, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm not just gonna fix it. I ain't gonna overstep. You know. That's a good thing, bro. Uh, like I'm not like, bro. Like I'm just I I have not been. That hasn't been me for the past five six years. I'm I, just like, all right. So like, because everything's so important to us, man. Everything has been. Everything's like, some ain't in because we're structured people. So if something's out of whack. We want to get that thing back so we don't have to worry about it. Like it's something that's on our mind until yeah. we see it fixed. Uh-huh. Boy, you are structured. <laughs> You're structured. That doesn't mean your partner has to be structured. That doesn't mean your kid has to be structured. You have to be structured. Daddy you can't CK. control everything. Daddy CK. I learned my lesson, though. I learned my lesson the hard way. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, you like kill them off right there. Pat, say so. I ain't got nothing. Left. I ain't got nothing. Close left. out, Pat, man. Not, Close not, out with a word, man. So is that, that, I mean, that's how I do things. I think I maybe take another step and be like, if there's anything, it's like, I don't want to overstep boundaries. If there's anything I can do to to help. I I mean, I take a little bit a little of an extra step because I can't just be like, I'm sorry, that sucks. I, my, well, I mean, yeah. they I, I, them I, know they, every, they're right. Everybody's different because that may work for you. Right. Based on, yeah, but. You know, you you just gotta tailor stuff to your relationship, figure out what worked for you. Because I I may catch one to the to yeah, the, and you gotta let it be known, like you gotta work it. Like everybody's different. Like right, right. like I'm not saying that sucks. Like I don't care. It's like that sucks. Like so you, now, you are you gonna ask me for help, or do you just want me to agree with you? Because you know that's what it is. Like. I think CK 
Um, and you had, I'm pretty sure you had told me to do it. Bro, the best thing you can do, though, is go through, like, before you get, you know, engaged and married with your girl and all that, just go through, like, the premarital counsel, like, learn how to communicate better. Because that's, like, the biggest thing for me. Gotcha. And like you were saying, CK, everything is like, I'm trying to fix this problem. Like, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that's, like, she is a grown woman as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm going to support her, give her the the foundation if she needs or whatever, but I'm going to let her do what she does as a grown woman. And You are going to get, you're going to save yourself getting cussed out, yelled at, all the above. Because <laughs> when you go to the therapy, premarital counseling, you learn how to speak to each other. You learn how to communicate. You have a third person that doesn't have a favorite in the group that can point a finger and say it in the most respectful way. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's everything. Like it's, it's essential. If you do counseling after you're already behind, like you got to do it before this person has lived. I mean, shoot y'all ain't younger than 22, 23, 22, 23 years of their life without you. Like, you think you're going to know everything about them, know all those things, know how to communicate the right way, every little thing. You're going to be put in a house that you can't leave with a different person of a, the opposite sex. Boy, you better learn that. You better study them like it's accounting, like Pat said. You better <laughs> get right. Like every day you're going to wake up and see the same face. And you better want to look at that face and give that face a kiss and say, good Lord, thank you for today. And some days might be harder than others, but that premarital counselor is going to teach you how to have more good days than bad. CK, I'm going to add one more thing because we shucks, we run up the time right now. But I think another big thing you got to learn how to do in your relationship, you got to learn how to like learn, learn to love new things about your girl. You know what I'm saying? And it's like a constant ongoing process because like you said, if you waking up next to each other every single day, you seeing them at they they best, they worst, breath stinky. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everything, you gotta learn how to love new things about your girl. And I think that's like the dope part about you know relationships and marriage is like it's a constant, ongoing process and continuing learning process because you just find like even with my girl, it's like just loving new new, new details about stuff that she does, like the way that 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 she responds to this, the way that she hold my the hold my hand like the way she she you know fixes my hair or whatever it is whenever it's messed up just small stuff like that and i think that's the dope part that we get to experience um with relationships i'm gonna need y'all i'm gonna need y'all to slow down on the preaching i can only absorb so much information (laughs) (laughs) well it closes out man closes out man i'm I'm way behind and that department anyways y'all people over paper episode two we appreciate y'all tuning in for our next episodes we'll have solidified topics y'all will know what we're talking about and everything at the beginning of the episode these uh first two and the introductory one have just been one to get us together man get us talking for y'all to hear what we have to say and just uh spread love man that's that's what this podcast is for three young men coming together sharing good stuff how could we ever go wrong? All right. Pat, Caleb, Appreciate y'all got anything left for the people? Make somebody's day today. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See y'all next year. <laughs>